Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam. Need to find a place. Get home with your friends. Give them things so Celine Dion and a song called A Mother's Prayer. And whenever I think of our next guest, this is a song that uh, that I think of. It immediately comes to mind. This morning, we are welcoming author Marcy Jones, who is the author of Shattering. Good morning, Marcy. Good morning. How are you this morning? Doing very well. And uh, we're Good. so glad that you joined us uh, this morning. There was a lot of mother's prayers going up uh, and still are uh, in your life, isn't there? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the book is called Shattering. I was honored to be able to do the audio version of that book for you. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the the descriptors in, in your book says that it's written from a mother's heart. Marcy doesn't sugarcoat the effects of drug abuse and mental illness tackling it head-on, the shame, seclusion that accompanies the life-changing diagnosis infused with grace and mercy, shattering offers hope to those who face challenges that seem insurmountable. Yeah, yeah. Well, Um, that's... uh, I didn't sugarcoat it. No, I I know you didn't because I read the the book cover to cover. Uh, Mm -hmm. It it is a painful book, but there is a lot of hope in that book. Let's start uh, at the beginning. Let's start telling the story of of Hunter and uh, and and when Hunter first came into the world, beautiful baby boy. Yes, he was. He was our second son. Um, he 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 was my bald headed baby. He's redhead and you know what? Redheads don't always have a lot of hair. Well, not he when didn't. they're born, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But he was um he was very smart. He still is extremely smart. Uh he was a very good student. He was a kind child. He uh was vice president of the CA in high school. He was captain of the wrestling team. He um had a you know, very high GPA. He went to the governor's school. Mm. He went on, you know, what we thought was a normal, typical team. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Virginia Tech and seemed to do well until after his sophomore year. And um, then things got a little iffy, you know. And and when your children go away to college, you don't see them as often. So sure. you're going, well, maybe maybe this is typical. Maybe this is this is where he is now in his life. Um, Marcy, let me ask you this. Um, first of all, I think it's important to say that many times people who deal with mental illnesses are very brilliant people, almost exceedingly brilliant in some ways, not always, Mm -hmm. but, but many times now, what did you see? So when he was little, you saw no red flags at all. None. None. We we were one of the families where we did not. Okay. And in the last several years, I have come in contact with more than a few families whose teenage children, mainly boys, have already shown the signs with bipolar or schizophrenia. But we were very blessed to have a 
what I consider a normal, if teens are normal. Up to, up to college. Right, right. 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 So and this can happen, this, this can happen at any, any stage in life. So it can. So it was more difficult because you were not there to see him day to day because many of the red flags are red flags that um, you see how their behavior changes drastically. Like there's, right. for example, their sleep patterns. You have no way of knowing what his sleep patterns are. He doesn't live at home anymore. Um, right. So what was the first clue that something was wrong? Honestly, it was one of the biggest clues when we look in retrospect was the fact that he couldn't finish college. Okay. You know, he went there five years. And he didn't. But again, that's not unusual. Some it, some people are overwhelmed by college, right? Right, right. And and, and you know, he worked during college. Um, he actually took care of a man who had Alzheimer's. Okay. Um, but he he had a lot going. So, like I said, in retrospect, we're looking back and going, yeah, that was probably a good clue. And then because he did he well said, in high school, and then he his grades and things suffered, his concentration suffered when he got into college. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, so he was five years at at tech. Mm-hmm. He did not graduate. No. Okay. No. And, He's got and a lot of credits, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll bet he does. Uh, so yep. that that frust that was frustrating. I'm sure, as a parent. It was. It was disappointing. And I think for him, it was sure because he, he he's one who who was a finisher. Um, you know, we have people who start things and finish, and people who start things and don't. And he was one who started things and finished. And this is something he did not finish. So for him, and he eventually, you know, said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to Oregon. I'm going to Hawaii." And so when you talk about when we really first knew something was wrong was when we got that call from Hawaii that said that he had had a psychotic break and that he was in the hospital there. And that was a, that was a shock because, like I said, we, we weren't around. We didn't see a lot of these signals mm-hmm. that something was going on that was totally off the spectrum. So he's in he's in Hawaii. What is he doing in Hawaii? He is our organic farmer. He was then. He is now. He's also a computer person. Loves anything to do with computers. He can fix them. He can tell you what's going on with them. Um, but he moved to Hawaii. He came in contact with a really uh, great guy named Dr. Charlie Brown, who has an organic uh, coffee farm out there. And okay. Hunter worked with him. And he also worked in keeping bees. And so he was out there, and he enjoyed it. He'd call us every once in a while. Um, but at that point in time, it was quite expensive to do you know, long-distance right, calls. Right, right. We didn't hear from him often, but we did hear from him. And when we heard from him, he sounded great. He was loving life. Uh-huh. He was. Now, you talk about in your book um, about the drug abuse. When did the drug abuse start? I'm going to say college okay um i truly and we've talked about it and it doesn't sound like from what he said and actually we just had a recent conversation about this past week with um drug use and drug abuse and um what he was doing and he said his primary drug of choice was marijuana he liked experimenting with evidently different varieties Mm -hmm. what you know what one plant's doing what's another 
Um, and that that seemed to be the primary thing that he was choosing uh, to use. And, and, and as a parent, and especially now in, in Virginia, you know, we had our last governor approved marijuana. It's not illegal anymore. And as a parent, I, I sat down with my grown kids and I said, now listen, just because the government says it's not illegal anymore doesn't mean that you need to be participating in this, you know, because that right. does seem to be one of the things that when people are first starting to self-medicate, that they will go towards that and alcohol. Right. And see, his choice, because marijuana is, of course, I said, organic, you know, you yeah. throw it. Right. You don't put anything on it. Mm-hmm. But even as an adult, when you think of these minds that are so intelligent and so brilliant right. and can talk circles around you, I mean, he can he can still do that today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if one of the flags that you all mentioned, but this illogical thinking, almost magical thinking that, you know, no, this isn't going to happen. Um, th- this is this is where it's going to take me, and you don't understand. And, and that that's the kind of thinking... Irrational, that, yeah. Right, right. That that even to this day, on certain topics, we will see. So, and so, so what had he done to... in Hawaii that when they called you, what what exactly had happened? He, had, I'm not sure if he's ever seen a psychotic break, but basically, you're you can hear but you really can't hear. You can see, but you really can't see. And he had just had this, I, I'm not even, I don't even know if it's exactly what it was here, but the superhuman strength where he was doing, you know, very odd things, saying very odd things, and then when they would go to correct him, there there was no correction there. He had this, this superhuman strength where it took multiple people to even get him in a car, to get him in the hospital, to get him, you know, out of the car into wow. that hospital. Um, he thought specifically that he was flying with the bees, that he was helping them pollinate. He thought that the government could hear him through fillings in his teeth. Oh, my. Um, his whole voice just changed totally. I was able to talk to him after a couple of days, and it was this very high, thready voice. Hmm. And it, it was it was pitiful. I mean, just the sound and... You could just hear the pleading in the voice, and yet at the same time wanting to reassure that, no, he thought he was okay. Um, He would do things, even in in the hospital, he would be walking from one tile on the floor to the next tile on the floor. And if he had had something, it would go from one hand to the next hand, from one hand to the next hand. Mm. So even the total comprehension of where he was... or what he was doing was not there. He knew on one level, but on the other he didn't. Uh, wow. He did recognize they were trying to help him, but he didn't know exactly what was going on in the mind. He, the mind just wasn't right. Marcy, we have to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about you going to Hawaii, getting Hunter back to Virginia and uh, and then how things, just when you think they couldn't get any worse, they do. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. We are talking with author Marcy Jones. She has written the book called Shattering. It's a marvelous book. Uh, we'll continue our conversation with her coming up here on The Morning Jam. 
Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam. Good morning. You're listening to The Morning Jam. I'm Janet Rose on the line interviewing Marcy Jones. She is the author of Shattering. If you're just joining us, uh, Marcy has a very brilliant son. His name is Hunter. uh, And we're talking about mental illnesses, the signs to to look for this morning. Uh, Hunter was just your average child, brilliant child, uh, up until college. And uh, then he uh, kind of dropped out of college, ended up going to Hawaii and had a, a psychotic break there. Uh, where we are at this point in the story, Marcy, your son goes and and gets Hunter and brings him back to Virginia. Let's pick up the story there. Right. Michael is our oldest son, and he was living in Oregon at the time. And once I was in communication with the hospital, Kona Community Hospital in Hawaii, um, of course, we talked to our son and our daughter about what had happened, and after a couple of days, our oldest son called and had taken off work and said he was flying to Hawaii to get Hunter, because that was a huge problem. You know, even though he was an adult child, he can't be there by himself. He's had a total breakdown, and Mm -hmm. he's got to have help. So Michael went, and he slept on the floor of a friend's house in Hawaii, um, He was able to talk to Hunter, able to get the doctors to release him. He flew him to Portland. From Portland, got a haircut and clean clothes. And (laughs) then he put him on a plane to D.C. And our daughter and son-in-law picked him up in D.C. and took him to Charlottesville, which is where my husband and I picked him up. And he, he, gosh, it was terrible. We picked him up, and he just had this total haunted look in his eyes. And Mm. he was so thin. And at in Kona and talking to the uh, nurses, he was dehydrated. He was covered in bee stings. Um, he, he just looked terrible. It was that, Almost that, unrecognizable. Right. Um, and then looking back, we've got one picture of him, and I'm going, okay, I can still see that look in his eyes. That he, it was, what were we going to do? You know, the first thing was make it through that, that meal and then to get him home and to get help for him. Right. And so we did. We got him home and started looking for help. And at that point in time, um, help for mental illness was not easy. It's not, it just wasn't. And, and it's I still had, not easy. No, it, it's not. It, it is still a difficult thing when you call. And you, you call mental health services, you call somebody, and they're going, well, it'll be six weeks or eight weeks before we can get you into a psychiatrist. And you're going, but wait a minute, the hospital has only given him six days' worth of medicine, so then what do I do? Right. And so it is It is very hard. Um, I was blessed to have had a friend who actually is still in the Central Virginia area, Deborah Jefferson, and I was um, able to get him up to uh, talk with her. Unfortunately, when that happened... Um, I, I was in there talking, and he took off, and we had to call the police, and he ended up in another hospital. Um, we ended up, after that hospital stay, because it was what we called at that point another psychotic break, um, we took him to Richmond to stay with one of my brothers, um, John Schumholzer, who started the McShin Foundation, which is a recovery foundation for drug abuse. 
and so he was going to stay with John, and we thought, okay, we're good, because John could get him in with a psychiatrist down there. Right. And um, unfortunately, within a few days, he had another psychotic break and was in the hospital again, and by now, we are at Thanksgiving, and the whole nightmare had started before Halloween. Turns out, according to the doctors there, that he didn't have three separate breaks, that the medicines they had given him had just basically kind of covered uh, what was going on, and it was just one psychotic break. Uh, they finally found a med that worked for him. We were finally able to get him home, and we were finally able to get him back into this Richmond doctor. I would take him there. and So you're driving doctor. from Appomattox to, to Richmond just yes. to see a yes. doctor. I, I am, and I am grateful to be able to have a doctor. And right. who can see him and talk to him. And, and have the means to drive there. A lot of people don't have right. that. Exactly. Exactly right. And and at that point, Hunter was willing to go. And that's the big thing when you're dealing with people that you love who have a mental illness who are going, no, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't need help. I'm not going in. Right, right. You might be able to take a child and put a child in the car, but that adult child, you cannot. Sure. So... For him to be able to willing, you know, to be willing to go, was a big deal. Yeah, Uh Yeah. it really was. So you had quite the roller coaster there for a while. We we Um, did, and it seemed like you were on the road to recovery. We were, and honestly, I would have said we were. Although, in the back of your mind, you're always waiting: when is this going to happen again? Right. Because you know, we lived with him taking these powerful drugs and we saw what they did to him and you know we couldn't get help we couldn't get disability he didn't even qualify even though at that point he was shuffling he couldn't walk this young 27 year old it was terrible mm-hmm. um but eventually he did get better and he got well enough that um he was able to move in with his sister who had moved down here at that point um but then at one point as he was living with her the, she knocked on our door one morning very early, and the first words, bless her heart, she said, he's okay now. And he had had an episode where he had climbed out the bedroom window. He was in the upstairs room at her house and stayed out all night, and he had not a stitch of clothing on, and he stood in front of a large oak tree until the sun came up, and then something clicked in the mind, and he knocked on her window to get in. Wow. Um, we talked to him, and he, he felt like it was almost a nightmare. He he just couldn't believe that it happened, and he seemed okay. And we said, okay, let's, you know, just be very alert. And for a couple of days, he was fine. And then a few days later, I, I was on my way to work, and Bridget called and said, Mom, you need to come home. And he was having another psychotic break. At that break, um, I went to her house, which is really just down the hill and up the hill from my house. Sure. And I called my husband. I said, you need to come home. Um, Bridget had to be at work and you know, live in the country, and Internet is not great. It's so not. She had That's to right. Let, she had to let the people know she was not going to be at work, and I called a neighbor, and I got there, and Hunter was taking one shoe off and one shoe on, one shoe off and one shoe on. His eyes were totally glazed. Mm-hmm. Um, he, 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 you know, he felt like you he could hear, but he couldn't hear. And the next thing I know, he takes off down the hill. 
Um, so I thought, okay, maybe he's going to my house. I came to my house, and he wasn't there, but he showed up behind me, and we went into the house, and he held me prisoner in the house for uh, what, like an eternity. And he said, you know the deal, Mom. I, I have to kill you. God has told oh, me I have to kill you, and I have to kill me. The world is coming to an end. Uh, um, I, where's Dad's gun? You know, tell me where Daddy keeps his gun. Uh, could honestly say, you know, you know, they're in the gun cabinet. They're locked up, and these are these huge steel gun cabinets. And and, and aren't so, you thankful so, they were locked up? Uh, oh, I am. My husband's always been wonderful like that, and um, I didn't know where the keys were, and that was another thing. But this went on and on between, I have to kill you, I have to kill me, God is going to end the world until I do that, um, to let's pray. And then he would want to pray, wow. he would say the Lord's Prayer, and this went on and on, and I'm waiting for my husband to get here. Um, at one point, I got managed to get Hunter out of the house, and I was going, you know, trying to call 911, and he broke down, broke, well, he didn't break down, but he uh, rammed open the back door. Mm-hmm. Um and so then it made it worse because then he was angry with right. me. Marcy, and, we're, we're running out of, of, of time here. We've got to go to break. We've got a hard break. Um, okay. Uh, your book, Shattering, is an amazing story. Uh, I, I, I wish I could, I wish I had more time uh, to give you. I encourage people to go and, and read the book. It's amazing. It's available on Amazon, it's also available on Audible. Uh, Marcy, thank you so much. We'll have you on again. The Morning Jam. We're glad you're joining us this morning. Of course, that's Hall and Oates. Say it isn't so. It is so. We could not get the whole story in with Marcy. That story is so fascinating. Um, the book is called Shattering, if you're just joining us. Uh, now, when we put this up on SoundCloud, we will have the rest of that story. Uh, about hunter and the break that she was ta- his psychotic break that she was talking about just a few minutes ago uh literally not only was he holding her hostage and when threatening to kill her and her husband uh was he ended up hurling himself in front of a car and uh, uh it, i mean it they they have been through hell and back as a family uh they have a very strong family though uh, her faith in, in God is is really what gets that whole family through this heartbreaking story. But it's also filled with a lot of hope. And she talks a lot in the book uh, about that and talks a lot about things you need to know if you're trying to get mental health care for your child. So we'll have more of that on the SoundCloud version of that interview. And then later on this week, we're going to be talking about some of the places you can go if you or someone you know is dealing with uh, struggles in mental health. Well, Governor Glenn Youngkin's administration has launched a new social media and advertising campaign designed to convince Virginians to become a teacher. The announcement by State Superintendent Jillian Ballow comes a little over a month after Youngkin issued an executive directive calling for barriers to teachers' licensure to be lowered and for increased targeting of grants to help people become teachers. It says our goal is to ensure that every child in the Commonwealth is taught to be a qualified teacher. At the center of the campaign is a website designed to help those interested in becoming teachers find a path to a job without necessarily going through a traditional degree and licensure 
uh, process. The campaign is funded in part by federal COVID relief money in the form of a $1 million grant. A, a Become a Teacher campaign and Turning the Tide reflect extensive research, including interviews with teachers, career switchers, and students enrolled in teacher preparation programs. I think we need to know more about this because you certainly want qualified teachers. Apparently, this proposal makes it easier for military veterans, those with non-teaching degrees, and teachers licensed to other states to get licensing in Virginia. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, teachers are needed, I think, across the country. More than ever. Yeah, and across the country, and the dynamics there are are big. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of children, I guess, to tie it together, an all-inclusive playground is coming to Bedford County. Nice. As a gift from the Rotary Club of Forest, the playground will be located at the Forest Branch of the Bedford County Public Library. The Rotary Club says the playground is part of a multi-phase project, and pieces of it will be installed over the coming years. The Rotary Club included educational ADA-compliant activities, so all children will be able to play together. A ribbon-cutting and opening ceremony will be held new playground on Thursday, October 27th, so a week from this Thursday. At noon at the Forest Branch of Bedford Public Library. So that's really cool to see, um, you know, getting, uh, you know, inclusiveness is always important. So I think that's a really cool project that the, the Rotary Club's doing. Yeah, it is. I agree with that. Uh, Virginia's gas prices nearly 16 cents higher than a month ago. Uh, and diesel is topping $5 again. Uh, gas prices across the Commonwealth have increased uh, 7.1 cents per gallon in the last week, averaging 3.56 a gallon. That, according to Gas Buddy, uh, it's 15 cents higher per gallon than a month ago, and 35% uh, higher than a year ago. There. In the meantime, uh, diesel has increased 18 cents in the last week and stands at 5.06 per gallon. According to price reports, the cheapest station in Virginia was priced at $3 Sunday, while the most expensive was $4.49. The lowest priced in the state was $3. The highest was $4.49. The national average price of gasoline has fallen 5.4 cents per gallon in the last week, averaging $3.86 on Monday. So uh, definitely going up, uh, no doubt about that. We're, we're definitely seeing an increase in, in gasoline. Well, Fauci was spinning it in the face of uh, the government's response to the coronavirus over the last two and a half years. Uh, Fauci was deflecting responsibility for school closures in an interview that he did yesterday while admitting some of the negative effects for children. The head of the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, who is stepping down in December after five decades in the role, was asked by ABC News correspondent whether it was a mistake for schools to be closed as long as they were. Fauci said, I don't want to use the word mistake, John, because if I do, it gets taken out of context. (laughs) I'll bet you don't want to use that word. He said we should realize and have realized that there will be uh, debtor's collateral consequences when you do something like that. He went on to say the virus has killed more than 1,500 children, but that he's always emphasized health officials must do everything we can to keep schools open. No one plays that clip, they say. 
He said, Fauci was responsible for closing schools. That's what they play. I had nothing to do with it. I mean, let's get down to the facts. Yes, technically, he didn't. He wasn't the one that say he didn't close the school district. But himself. he told them that they should be closed down. So, uh, it, this whole yeah. pass the buck thing gets so freaking old. The thing is, and, and you're right, like, it doesn't matter if you're who you are, that it's always just it's someone else's fault. Like no one in in our government has ever taken responsibility and it's just like Well, we've had a few, but they are very few rare. and it's very rare. far and, between. And you know what earns my that earns my respect ten times more than anything. Like admitting oh, yeah. So let's talk about that. The, where there is a big difference in, in aging for yeah. for us. Um you I mean know you look twenty five. Oh, see, that's a nice rebound there. Good job, friend. Um, but it's interesting to hear you say that because people just assume that people your age are just naive and they don't get it. And so I, I took, I, uh, I had to take a minor in college and I decided to do political science just because I, I am not interested in like politics itself, but I'm interested in like how the sausage is made and then, then like why, why are decisions made for those reasons? Right. And it made me realize, like, at the end of the day, every decision in this government is made for one simple thing, and it's just keep its survival. It's to keep your job. And But it just seems to me like there's no sense of embarrassment anymore. Yeah. There's no humility. There's no, I mean, I can do whatever I want to do, and I can still run for office, and how dare you question me. I mean— Herschel Walker. Yeah, I, that's a great example. Like, I, and, and look, and I, I like Herschel Walker. Fine. I like the fact that he's an African-American man. He has small, small government conservative values. I like that. But he does not walk the talk. I, I, and if you're someone who said Joe Biden was unfit mentally uh, to, be, to be president, I, and you're like Herschel Walker can be a senator— I, I think you're very much predicting yourself because just look at his actions. Like, and all right. So give me an example. Just, well, I just because the whole, because whole other situation than... with his son, like that whole situation. I I think a guy. This is a guy who who played football and had concussions and then decided to fight after the fact. Okay. So I, I don't know. I I like Herschel Walker. I think I think he's one of the greatest so running the, backs in the history of sport. The latest thing. That he he's done. I mean, because he had a, a debate this weekend. Was he's like flashing his badge? Did yeah, you see that? that? It's his honorary police badge, right? And so he insists that the badge is legit. So I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Um, now he did. He has denied paying for an abortion. He, he said that that didn't happen, and um, although she went on to have another child of his, yeah, same woman, so it, that part, and I don't I, know that you can believe all that. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not here to say, like, I don't keep myself, like, because I'm so politically tired at this point just because of the last, like, becoming. <laughs> Alan says, but Warnock beat his first wife and is a pastor that approves of abortion. Oh, look, I'm not saying uh, Warnock's any better. Yeah, I, not I at all. I not going to say that either. I think our point is, 
how is it that these are our choices? Exactly. That's what I felt like back in in 2020. Like, oh, or like I was like, it, like why? I I I told you this because it was Mark his turn. This. I was like, I told Mark and I told I told you this. I was like, like people ask me about my opinion. It's like I don't really like either. Like why right. are two 70 plus year olds our best options to lead this country? Like, I don't disagree with you. Like I. I am like I don't view myself as and as and a I said all along choosing between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump was like which venereal disease do I want I, gonorrhea or I, syphilis I mean that's what it feels and like and that was my first like th- think about that like think about my age now group. he ended up being a much better president than I expected I, him to be and I approve of the, the things that he did so make no mistake about that the the reason like I think. It is hard for young people in this political climate is look at the two presidential elections that right. my age group had to deal with. You had Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, and then you, which was very politically hostile. And then it got worse with Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Like, who as a 18 year old kid is going to want to watch that and be like, oh man, I want to invest myself well, and do the research and. And here's the thing, you know, we, uh, somebody said we're all human and we all make some mistakes. That's true. That That's very true. But some of these things that people do and they're completely unapologetic for, we have the, the former Hillary Clinton senior staffer, uh, Huma uh, uh, Abedin, did I say her name right? She, I, I wouldn't be able to help you. She says that she may run for public office one day. Now, the reason that that's really interesting is... She was um, was caught sexting a teenager. The estranged wife of this uh, of ex rep caught sexting with a minor, but she's not ruling out running for office. That's the mentality. They're like, "I'll do whatever I want to," and because I'm a, a Democrat, people are going to vote for me just because for a, there's a D by my name, and she's not wrong. That is that is one thing that frustrates me. Some like some people, and I'm not saying everyone will just vote because of the letter next right. to someone's name, and it's right. I, I am not that person. Like I have voted, yeah. I have voted for Democrats, and I voted for Republicans. And if anyone wants to get mad at me for that, nobody's going to get mad no. at you. But but so there are some things that you I, I can't vote for a Democrat because. Every Democrat pushes large government. They that that's what that's what they stand on. They want the government involved in every part of your business. That's why that and the abortion thing. I cannot. I can't. I, those are lines in the sand. I can't do it. And I I respect that like fully. Like I think the biggest issue like like why can't people get along? Like that. Like well, because on. there are some things that. Uh, like you and I don't agree on. We on don't agree things. on everything, and we've had. But we're grown up people. Yeah, we're adults, like, right? It, it's just it's not like it. It upsets me that if like as someone <laughs> like people. Somebody said Mitt Romney was clean, but he's an idiot. <laughs> okay, touche. That was a good one, but it's just like I I feel like I'm saying more like come on man about our government than than anything else. Like it, it's just dumb. I know. I don't disagree with you. I don't. Let's do five and dime. One, two. Yes, let's let's it's talk time about food. Five and dime on the morning jam.
Give her five minutes, and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market, where they are cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day, working hard to keep their prices low so you can keep your food bill in check. One of the things that they do at uh, FNL is they really can help you stock your pantry. And now is the time with prices the way they are that you really need to be doing that. One of the things that we're going to be seeing a huge increase on in the near future is going to be anything made from tomatoes. Just from regular tomatoes on up to your pasta sauces, uh, your sauces, all of that. So one thing that's good to stock up on is just plain old whole tomatoes. And uh, they've got them for you in in. Uh, great numbers there at FNL. I'm going to give you a recipe today for the absolute best, easiest marinara sauce you will ever make. It is a recipe that came from Marcella Hazan. She wrote uh, a book that every serious cook should have in their cookbook collection, The Essentials of Classic Italian Cooking. Uh, now, she is long gone, but this recipe lives on. Only I just discovered it last year. And I was very skeptical of this recipe, but boy, is it great. Uh, You're going to start with two cups of canned imported Italian tomatoes. So just 10 tomatoes uh, cut up with their juices and five tablespoons of butter. You heard me right. Five tablespoons of butter and then a medium onion that you've peeled and cut in half. You're going to put the tomatoes in your saucepan with the butter and the onion and some salt. You're going to cook it uncovered on a very, very low heat. You're going to steadily simmer it for about 45 minutes. It'll start thickening up then, and uh, and you'll stir it from time to time. Mash any large pieces of tomato. You'll start seeing the fat's going to float free from the tomato. That's when you know you're getting close. Uh, so you need to make sure you break up everything. Taste it. See if you need to correct it for salt. And then when you're done, you throw the onion away which is just so weird to me and feels very wrong. But that's what you do. And then your sauce is ready to go over any uh, pasta that you like. Serve it with some fresh Parmesan over top. This is a, a, a recipe so easy that you could make this no problem. Hey, I'm actually, I'm a solid chef. I got a cooking merit badge. I know how to cook. You, oh, you have a cooking merit, but that's over open flame. Does that count? No, I had to That's actually like a, pretty good. Like a kitchen stove, though. Oh, your little camp stove. All right. So I got you. That? Well, I've made hobo packs, though, on an open flame. They're, huh? they're always good. They're always tasty. Check out the recipe by going to Facebook. Type in Janet's Five and Dine. You'll find this recipe and all the recipes that we share here on The Morning Jam, brought to you by FNL Market, where their meats are a cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on The Morning Jam. The Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Well, the morning has flown by. We're so glad that you joined us on this uh, Monday. I know you're missing Mark Lamb. I'm missing Mark, too. Uh, But, uh, Trey, thank you for filling in. You did a fine job. Yeah, I did okay. Well, well, it'll it'll get there. I'm batting. I'm like, I'll say I bat. You know, 300, which in baseball is pretty good. So, okay, I got you. Well, the Amherst County Fair is going to be coming October 20th through the 23rd, and they're going to have uh, rides and lots of food and uh, different shows for the entire family. Uh, admission is going to be $3 per person on Thursday, $5 on Friday and Saturday, and gates are going to be open 5 to 10 on Thursday and Friday, 12 to 10 on Saturday, 12 to 6 on Sunday and looks like they have What's that this week quite a few things this weekend 
yeah, it's uh, going to be coming up. They've got some uh, judging going on, ribbons given away on some of the food uh, items. They've got everything from sweet potatoes and apples and corn and pumpkins and gourds, uh, eggs. A lot of people raise Excellent. eggs. And, <laughs> oh, there it is. I thought I knew it was too good to get to get through got you to laugh there uh, amherstcountyfair.com is where you need to go if you're looking to participate in that uh we've got a new virginia street name coming up they're gonna um have a street named after hip-hop star missy elliott nice in uh portsmouth it's gonna be called work it street okay so that's kind of cool the five-time Grammy winner expressed her excitement about the street name and called herself humbly grateful. So that's pretty neat that they're naming a street after her, I guess. We were just talking earlier in the show how they're like, you know, we need to name, we need to talk about more African-American people than just Martin Luther King. I mean, every state, every street in the country has a Martin Luther King boulevard. Yeah, Arthur Ashe would be, you know. And he's got some some things named after him. Yeah, uh, I know in in several parts. Well, the of Virginia, where the U.S. Open is, Arthur Ashe Stadium is the main cool. main arena. Very cool. And then uh, people are upset about uh, a viral TikTok video about the lemonade at Chick Fil A. It's very very big debate. They are not happy. What? What? A viral post of uh, TikTok are revealed what's actually in the lemonade at Chick-fil-A and the video has been seen 2.9 million times. They start with a big pouch of lemon juice with pulp, put it in a huge container. For the sugar-free one, they put in a bag of Splenda and then fill it with water. And people are like, we thought you were in the back squeezing lemons. And apparently that's what they used to do. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is they what? They had somebody in the back squeezing lemons the yeah, whole time. Yeah, people that thought they actually did that are crazy. But they did. That is I know, how they I know, did it. Yeah. I know that's how they did, but now, no. <laughs> they say it was so busy they couldn't even, even keep up. So what they've started doing is they uh, have a facility now that just all it does it is squeeze, squeeze the lemon. lemons and it makes it the pouches. So it is made with real lemon juice. Y'all need to calm down. I don't. People are like, I'm never buying... They're lemonade ever again <laughs> because of it. That's very dramatic. I mean, it's just lemonade, right? But they do say when life gives you lemons. Well, and they, and that's what they're doing. I don't know if their lemonade sales are going to go down. If it's good, I don't care. Exactly. I, I always get that. I would get what they call a Sunjoy, a.k.a. Arnold Palmer to me, half sweet TF lemonade. So you go to Chick-fil-A more than I do. I know because I've seen your trash can. Um, Thanks. Does it, Put me on blast there. Does, does it say <laughs> fresh squeezed lemon, lemonade? Does it say that? I don't know. I always order on the app, so I don't really pay attention. Because I wonder if they say, because if they say that, that's a little misleading. Very true. A little bit. So I can understand maybe why they're upset. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow. It's Come to the Table Tuesday. Thanks for joining us. Have a- You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network.